talk show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, the expert drinks person, Jane Payton. Once you told me that you do drink is your profession you're a professional drinker whereas you said i was just an amateur one <laughs> i think i seem to remember i'm an enthusiastic amateur one by the way but you make uh, up for it with your I, enthusiasm i try very hard yeah. yes so you're one of the uk's leading experts on beer and cider in fact you are a certified beer sommelier and author of numerous books on the subject but we're doing cocktails today we do certainly you know, are do you know anything about cocktails i do i drink quite a lot of them i love well the taste done. of the liquor so i'm not one for adding too much fruit or, or other know. things as well and mixing no, I, I, like like, I don't like the del boy umbrella thing that's not for me no but there's some stunning cocktails oh it's incredible such a good yeah. good uh, era for cocktails and we're going to be learning about them so i'm very interested to know what we're going to learn me too a cocktail is defined as any beverage with two or more ingredients this could be anything one of which is some kind of alcohol if it's just one distilled spirit and a mixer it's called a highball a cocktail with a spirit and a liqueur is called a duo and if you add a mix to, the, to that it's it's a trio it's probably rubbish we could get it from Wiki. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the extent <laughs> of our research. Um, the etymologists have a field day of where the word cocktail comes from, and I do not want you to make any comment. Thank you, Jane. If anybody's interested in where they think <laughs> the uh, the word cocktail comes from, I suggest they search on the internet because we are not going to discuss that. Or they could today. buy my book, The Philosophy of Gin, and read all about. Oh, it's it in, in there. Yes. It? Okay. So we have two experts on uh, cocktails today uh, in the studio with us thank you very much for joining us carl wasney of cocktail in a bottle good morning hello and uh laura taylor of wild box good morning hi this is very exciting so though so they are experts at making cocktails and i'm hoping going to learn a trick because um i know that you're both going to give us um, a twist on um espresso martinis one of my favorites i have tried to make them at home i cannot i can't do it so I can get the mixture right, but I can't get that little nice frothy bit on the top. So I'm desperate to learn how to do that. I'm hoping you'll be able to tell me about that. Carl, cocktail on a bottle. Now, Carl has been uh, batching cocktails for over 10 years in the drinks industry. And in early 2019, launched cocktail in a bottle to bring these sort of pre-mixed cocktails to the trade. Uh, but also into people's homes. And every single cocktail is made fresh by hand, and he uses 100% natural ingredients and premium spirits. So not just, he doesn't just rock up at Tesco's and gets, you know, a bit of whatever, Tia Maria. He's got some really interesting stuff where he sources his from. He is known for his sort of eclectic seasonal range, I would say, and very punchy flavours. Is there more and more of a market, Carl, for pubs and clubs and restaurants to to just have pre-mixed cocktails because it takes quite a while and also the skill involved yes um <clears throat> I, I think it's just making life easy for uh, bars and restaurants because they you know they don't have to invest in training the staff 
on, on how to make the drinks. Um, there's a fast turnover of staff in that industry. Um, so every time they get a new person, they've got to train them again? They've got to train them again. And also it's the time it takes to curate a menu, um, the wastage involved. So it cuts out all of that. Yeah. So you will sell this to, to, to wholesale to bars and, uh, and restaurants and things. Um, and, and then do you have to teach them how to serve it or do you just go, yes. here you go, chat? Yeah, you can't yes. just say, there you go. No, no. <laughs> drinking a cocktail it is an experience. Yeah. You know, um, it's theatre. So, yeah, it's theatre. So you have to, even though it's all, all, all the hard work's been done, um, you still need to present it in, in, in a, it has in to a beautiful good. way. Because it's yeah. part of it. It's part yeah, of it. Absolutely. You've got to have the right glass, haven't you? Right temperature. Absolutely. But also you have to make it look good on Instagram. Instagram is very much one of the drivers of these cocktails. You've mentioned experience there, um, Carl, but you know, having it look beautiful and show it off on Instagram is very important as well. Which is why we don't put ourselves on Instagram. <laughs> Just Face for radio. Just you know why? Oh, yes, we have. <laughs> um, we're also joined by Laura Taylor of Wildbox. Now, after working on mobile bars for over 10 years, uh, Laura saw a gap in the market because she's very entrepreneurial for something a little bit different. And she decided to have a mobile bar that was fun, exciting and a real centerpiece for any event. Uh, her family had a horse box at home stuffed away somewhere, I don't know, in the corner of something, uh, which was over 20 years old and had been sitting redundant. So fast forward to 2019. Tell me about your new beautiful mobile bar. <laughs> so How, um, what did you do? Kit it all out? Yeah, I mean, when we'd had it for such a long time and my mum used to cart me all over with the ponies, which was very nice. And then um, it kind of uh, was just sitting there doing nothing. So I was formally made redundant from my other job and I used my money to then turn this into a lovely bar but um, I mean it was would have been much cheaper for me to just buy a new one because <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> the, uh, every panel was rotten and it yeah it was in a right mess so we oh, then made it well, there's a story there I mean, yeah history, yeah. So, yeah a little bit of sentimental value as yeah, well so yeah um, and then yeah so we turned it well I turned it into a mobile bar and started just doing small events um and then got booked for a few weddings, and it was all serving uh, locally produced spirits. So. And then at that at that bar, you then make them cocktails so people can come and 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 order and you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. well, initially actually we didn't do cocktails. That was not um, really my market. So we we were focusing on spirits, and then it was when the pandemic happened that I actually turned to making more of the, more of the cocktails and doing the, the home delivery. So. So many um, businesses have had to um, really reinvent themselves, haven't they, Jane? Because it's been tough, really yes, hard. Definitely. So. I, I did the same. You know, I, I've got an e-learning platform on my website now, and that came about through the pandemic. Yeah. So if you have an entrepreneurial spirit as you have, Laura, then you've managed to, to do that successfully. Well done. Got to. Thank you. Now, I've got some research from Fentiman's, and Fentiman's, um, I, I drink their ginger beer, actually. Mm. They, they oh, do I some nice stuff. So full yeah, on ginger, yeah, really good ginger yeah. beer. Um, they're sort of a leading botanical brewery, I would say. Um, they've created a global index by analysing 36 different cocktails from around the globe. And the metrics they've used, now you might argue with these metrics, but anyway, they've looked at the number of hashtags on Instagram and TikTok, as well as global Google search data uh, to, to look at monthly search volume. And they also used a Twitter uh, analysis tool to understand about the positivity, positivity rating of each and Google Trends. Now, um, I have a slight argument with that because it means that if you're not using the internet and you're perhaps of an older per profile, then obviously you're not going to appear on this. But, but I, I would say this is about 
you know, people who are, are internet savvy, you know, like social media, this is probably the research about their favourite cocktails rather than, you know, the population at large. So, the world's most loved cocktail, according to Fentiman's, on this sort of profile, if you like, margarita. Well, I'd already say that a gin and tonic is the world's favourite cocktail. Is that a cocktail? So, yeah. Is gin and tonic a cocktail, Carl? Yeah. Yes, it could yes. be, yes. Yeah. Um, but so you can understand why margarita is. It looks good. They have some really lovely glassware for it. It's going mm. to look good on Instagram. You already said earlier that one of the metrics was Instagram. Instagram, yeah. So these are very much skewed towards how good Things they look. look. Yeah. And, and a margarita um, is tequila and lime juice. Have I got that right, Laura? Yeah. Tequila and lime juice. Oh, right. So like um, Contra or, or something like that. Mm, okay. Well, that'll blow your head off. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I presume there's not much lime juice in it either. Um, is that the one where you have salt around the edge and that? Yeah. You see, I'm not sure I like that one. Do you have that one a lot? I don't have it with salt. I, I prefer uh, just the tequila on its own. Thank yeah. you. Second one, mojito. I do like a mojito. Mm. Again, you know, th these rum-based drinks, we think about Europe and like what we know, but in South America, rum, humongous, big populations of people. These drinks aren't necessarily being drunk in, in our part of the world. Right. Okay. So it's sort of reflecting what people yeah. are drinking elsewhere. But yeah, mojito, lovely. Now the next one, the third one, which I'm sorry, I can't even believe this really, um, porn star martini. Um, again, Laura, would you like to describe what a porn star martini was if you were serving that in your bar? In my bar, I, I do mine slightly different. Okay. But um, So we yeah. use a uh, <laughs> locally produced vodka. Yep. Um, we've got some passion fruit puree in there. Um, a tiny drop of vanilla um, and then some fresh orange juice and we would shake it up and then that creates that really nice foamy top to it and then serve it with uh, a little shot of, um, well we like to use Chapel Down sparkling backers again because we're trying to use local produce so... Or some people use Prosecco, or Prosecco. Don't they? Yeah. yeah. So basically what you get then is you get one drink in one glass and then you get a little chaser in, in it. Yeah, I mean some else. people pour it in and some people do it on the side but... Right. It's up to them. But I mean, traditionally, you'd use more of a like a Pessoa maybe in it rather than passion fruit puree. But that's just how I do mine. <laughs> and and Carl, it, it's all about the name with that. Of course, it cocktail. Is. Yeah. It's you want to order that. Yeah. Um, Carl, do you do a port and start martini in your pre-mix drinks? Or? I do. Now, the fourth one I actually don't think is a cocktail, sangria. Is that a cocktail? I wouldn't say it's a cocktail. I mean, people do put Probably some a spirit in there sometimes, don't they? Or I they thought that was a wine, though, isn't it, generally? Well, it's a wine-based drink, yeah. red wine-based drink, but some people sometimes slug in brandy, don't they? Yeah, I'm going to skip that yeah, one. So Number that five, is. martini, one of my favourite, favourite drinks. I think everybody's got, obviously, a twist on that. Now, I know Carl does a Vespa martini, which is something slightly different. So traditional martini, vodka or gin with white vermouth? Yes, it was originally gin, so vodka came was it? second in okay. terms of um, it being a, a cocktail, yes. And do White you make, yes. again, do you get asked for that a lot? A lot uh, yeah, we do get asked for um, martinis and we just do it again with uh, local vodka. vodka. And, and, then and what the about the vermouth? Um, that we can't get locally, unfortunately. So it's easy to make. You see, I don't know why people don't there, make There those. are British vermouth makers, but if you're just focusing on Kent, then yeah. I don't believe there are. Kent, get on, Although, on with it. It's not <laughs> Yes. You know, and any winemaker could yeah, do it. That, yeah. So I wish the word. Yeah, me too. I love vermouth. Mm. Do you stir it or shake it? We stir it. You stir it. Yeah. And is it, do you have a little twist of something or do you do olive? Uh, we do olive and then a twist of lemon as well in ours. And it kind of goes onto a stick to garnish it. Ah. There's all sorts of vermouths and some of them are so terrible. 
don't you think? Mm. Whereas it's easy to make. I make it at home. And I, I, do you know what I do? I use it for people who bring white wine round, and I don't like the white wine. Yeah, so you <laughs> so yeah. move instead. Exactly. And then I don't oh, waste it. You are so sensible. Don't you think that's great? And then yeah. I, I put it in the fridge. Love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Really easy to make. Can I don't I, understand why more people don't make yeah. it. Can I just interject slightly about James Bond, as the Vesper Martini is a, mm. associated with him, and martinis in general. Shaken, not stirred. You should never... I know you shake your, your cocktails, but cocktails that are shaken are usually fruit-based. You're mixing up with your Taste spirit. The flavour, yeah. If you have no... if It's to do with textures and, and viscosity. Yeah. So if you have sort of liquefied things, you stir it. So two alcohols together, you stir them. If it's got fruit, shake it. But anyway, in the books of James Bond, all his martinis were made with gin. Were they? And then when the film came along, Dr. No... Vodka, uh, and it was then that sales of gin plummeted because of James Bond well, using vodka in his martini. Yeah. Mm. Next one, six. Can't pronounce it. Caipirinho. Yeah. That's what is Brazilian that? One. What's cachaca? It's a. Um, it's their own spirit, isn't it? I think it's, it's Brazil's national drink. Yeah. I think it's what white. It? What spirit? is it then? It's, it's, like, it's like a white rum cachaca, yeah. and it's white rum. similar similar to a rum, similar process. Yeah. So that's white rum. Lime and sugar. Mm -hmm. hmm. But it is. It's the national drink of Brazil. Massive population there. So that's, that's why it's coming up so yeah. high up. Yeah. Um, Aperol spritz. I'm surprised that's fairly low down, but that went through a real fashion, didn't it? Yeah, so these, it did. There's fashions of cocktails and that one was a really fashionable one. Yeah. And it's still around, but... Um, yeah. Do you get asked that a lot, Laura? Aperol and yeah. Prosecco generally, isn't it? Yeah, we get asked quite a lot. And then we put a little dash of blood orange soda in ours as well, just to make Calm it, really it down orange. a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Now, my, one of my favourites, absolutely old-fashioned. Oh, love old-fashioned. Oh, I love old-fashioned. And Negronis. Yeah, Negroni's not on here. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, old we haven't been hashtagging enough, Sue. That's no, that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, again, Carl, uh, your favourite old-fashioned? You make a very good old-fashioned. A great old-fashioned, if it's going to be classic, you would use a really good bourbon. I'd use Demerara sugar uh, to make a syrup and then some uh, some bitters, and that's all you need, really. I also like, um, what's the one with um, rum and dark and stormy? Because I love gin I love ginger. That's but that's not on here either. Next well, one, number again, nine. Yeah, you know, they are ignoring your favourites, well, aren't they? They, are. they should have talked to me and not gone round the world. <laughs> uh, number nine, pina colada. That's quite old fashioned, I think. That was like when I was a kid. Mm. Sometimes those infantilizing cocktails are really popular because you can't taste the alcohol. Oh, you just people taste who the, don't really like alcohol. Just taste so the again, uh, uh, Laura, do you get asked for that? So that's rum and generally coconut and pineapple sort of profile. Yep, we get asked all the time. So really? this is probably oh. my best seller on really? our menu. Really? Oh, yeah. Even in the winter? There is something. Well, not in the winter, but so on our, um, we've got a bar down at the Folkestone Harbour Arm and that is just all I get asked for. Really? During the summer. <laughs> yeah, it's pina coladas. Wow. Maybe people feel like it's just, it reminds them of being on holiday or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's also a, a cocktail that people have heard of and they feel that they know it and they feel confident to order, yeah. I would imagine. It's familiarity there. there. Yeah. And then number 10, Cosmopolitan. Yeah. I mean, that went through the fashion because of Sex and the City in the 90s. So I'm surprised it's still there, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So again, I thought a Negroni uh, would be there rather than a, a Cosmo or Sangria, anyway. That shouldn't be there. No, I don't. <laughs> Negroni. Vodka, Cointreau, cranberry juice. I forgot that right, Carl. Cranberry juice, yeah. And Generally. lime. 
and a, and a bit of lime. So let's talk um, our, our favourite. Well, I think you like it as much as me. Mm-hmm. No, definitely my favourite, Negroni. I love a Negroni. I, I like bitterness. Oh, so I any love bitters. Bitterness. Yeah, it's thank you. It's such a great drink. Mm. But and it's grown up as well. And you can taste is the... Is it grown up? I don't it's really grown up and you can taste the alcohol. And I like to taste yeah. the alcohol. So my favourite way of doing it is is um, generally it's uh, three parts and one part each of gin, red vermouth, but a very good red vermouth. Uh, which makes all the difference, and Campari, so, and that gives you that, that sourness. But I put a little half or a quarter of British, tiny bit of cassis, just just to knock the sourness back a tiny bit, mm-hmm. and adds a tiny bit of fruit. Oh, God, it's gorgeous. I've tasted that cassis that you get, that British yeah, cassis. Yeah, white heron. Incredible. White heron cassis. Mm. Mm, absolutely gorgeous. It's not it's not horrible and, mm. and cloy and sugary. It's mm. really, really nice. Um, also makes it the colour even nicer. Mm. Um, so how would you serve that, Carl? Very, 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 very cold. Very cold. Pour it over a block of ice um, so it doesn't melt too quickly and it doesn't dilute, over-dilute. Um, and twist then of I orange. Twist of orange, but I'd express oils over the top and rim the glass with it. So you've got that lovely orange aroma Ooh. when you go to drink it. And I'll probably then discard it. You know. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, we're going to ask Carl to make the definitive, in his view, although Laura's got a different version, um, espresso martini. Um, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna mute the microphones in a minute while, while Carl sets up. We've got a little bar here. Now... My ideal espresso martini is the way it looks, where you get that, that white foam on the top. Mm. Do you do that? Of course. So we'll set up a little bar. First of all, Carl, can you just tell us what you're making espresso martinis? So so some people obviously will be looking to make cocktails for New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what's your ingredients there for the best espresso martini? Right. So um, I use um, a single estate vodka called Ramsbury. So the wheat's grown on where the distillery is. And then, and then it goes straight into the uh, distill and basically they make this lovely creamy vodka. So, so get uh, yourself some good quality vodka. Yeah. 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 So it's got lots of creamy notes, it's got chocolate yeah. notes, it's delicious. And instead of a um, coffee liqueur, I use an Italian Amaro instead because I really want to showcase the coffee. Yep. Again, for me, a good replacement of those if you're struggling to find them is I'd get a cold brew uh, coffee liqueur, a number of really decent ones now. Please don't use turmeric or anything like that. Use some decent ones. Also, if you can't get hold of a really good creamy vodka, I'd suggest Black Cow vodka um, because because it's made out of... It, it has got a milk base and actually that gives it slightly creamy notes. So yeah, uh, Conker, uh, do great cold brew. If you can't find those, something like that would be good. But basically, a good vodka, a good coffee-based... Liqueur. Liqueur, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, as I said, I don't I don't use a coffee liqueur in, in my one. So it's got a uh, a Sicilian Amaro. Amaro. Yeah. And then the the coffee I use is a Brazilian dark roast bourbon coffee. Loving that noise. <laughs> How many parts is that, Carl? Well, I, I use sixty mils. Sixty mils. So it's quite pokey. Mhm. It's more Jane Payton measures, I would suggest. <laughs> so this is the Amaro. So it's quite bitter. You normally have this as a after dinner. Sort of uh, digestive. Okay, and now we've got um, a salted vanilla syrup. Oh. But again, I, I like using salt in cocktails. That gives that, that slight edge of sweetness because some people use, um, you know, the sort of sh- the sugar base, don't they? Yes. But that, so that does that for you. Yeah. And then, oh, my own bitters. I nearly forgot. Ah. I make my own bitters, and this is, uh, this is made with uh, cocoa nibs and uh, tonka bean. Wow. 
You just need a couple of drops of that. I've now got it in a cocktail shaker. Yep. Just give it a hard shake. And uh, that's really hard. Now, that's you're not shaking that for long. Well, you want to get a chill on it, but you don't want to dilute it too much. Okay. And then... So that's being poured out now. So it's, it's very... Um, now I'm pouring it for three. I'm making it for three. Good. Um, <laughs> I should think so too. Um, so at the moment, that, that looks, um, you know, sort of uh, milky coffee colour. So, so do you just wait and allow it to separate? Uh, so you time. get the black. It's, it's just and time, then, you know, just let it do its thing. So you just let and wait it for it to separate. Can see that happening. So it's like a bit like pouring a Guinness, really, isn't it, Jane? Kinda. <laughs> allow that. That lovely and then big head, slow and tiny. Of these on top. Three coffee beans uh, on for top. Good luck. Um, but obviously it's not full because you're just sipping. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's my espresso martini. Okay. So I'm going to ask um, Laura. You. You're an expert. We're just waiting for that just to settle a bit more, so we get the so that it's perfect black and white. So shall we? Cheers, Laura. Shall we have a little? Uh, cheers. Cheers. Uh, your your professional opinion. Wow. Now that's that is delicious. It is not what I expect of an espresso martini. I can f I can feel the salt edge for sure. Mmm. Mmm. -mm. Yeah. What are you thinking? I love the salt with the vanilla. That wow. That's really lovely. Right, Jane, you're the drinks expert, so I'm very interested to know what you think of that. So I love the viscosity and the flavours come through, and I love that bitterness coming through, and it's got a sweet edge with salt, so it's got all those different tastes going on in one glass, and it looks great, and it's delicious. It has got a little bit of a sour edge. It's not mm. overwhelmingly sweet because sometimes they're just too sweet, I think. Lovely to finish off dinner with, mm. I would say. Feeling a bit sleepy after dinner. This is the one you need to pep you up just to keep you talking through the early hours. Brilliant. Lovely. Okay, we're going to hand over to Laura now. Okay. <laughs> Very interested to see the difference between this and, and Carl's, which had a lovely salty, sour edge. What, what's the ingredients on yours, Laura? Um, this cocktail is one from our cocktail boxes. So this is all designed, this, this whole um, recipe is designed for making it easy at home to make a good cocktail. And so so, so we, we can order cocktail boxes from you, we have this, yeah. the different little ingredients and then, so you've got that then you can keep making them, keep making yeah. them. Yeah, and they come with a nice instructions card. We're going to be doing a toffee espresso martini. And what I've done with this one is, um, rather than using a vodka, I'm actually going to be using Sharp's toffee liqueur. So this is made by Maidstone Distillery. And then I've got uh, my friends over at Coxie's Kent Liqueurs. They've made me a lovely um, coffee liqueur out of Lost Sheep Coffee. And Ooh. then um, just to make it as easy as possible at home, again, we've got um, some Kuka Cold Brew, which um, will work as the coffee element. So you don't. So in, in this instance, you don't have to make your espresso. It's already in that bottle. Yeah. And so, so Carl had his sweetness. Um, you had that from the... Vanilla syrup. Vanilla syrup. Yeah. So you, you've got to have some type of sweetness to go with it in order to make the signature espresso. So so yours is slightly different. We've got toffee. Oh, that's quite exciting. Oh, and I love the fact that you're making it so easy for people at yeah. home. Yeah. The box looks great. It's well pre presented and everything is easy and you've got the instructions. So it's yeah. foolproof. Yeah. Well, Supposedly. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Just add ice. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the idea. I, I love um, the cocktail in a bottle um, concept but for me this is an alternative so, so in me. a way what you're doing is you're curating you, you're finding the best ingredients 
for other people and then yep. saying that this, this is the best combination i've tried lots and lots of different combinations this is the best combinations here's the individual bottles and 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 here's my instructions on how to do it yeah and also it's about the wild box concept which is all about local produce and championing those those you know yeah. right let's do it okay so, so what have we got we've got the the obviously the important cocktail the shaker, cocktail shaker. Oh, yeah loads and loads of ice in there to make sure the drink is super super cold so I always put my ice in last. So I will go 50 ml of toffee liqueur. And then again, so it's three equal measures. So 50 ml of our Kuka Coffee Cold Brew. Also, the fact that it's a gift, uh, yeah, you know, it's very nice. much a gift box. So people having an experience as well as getting all the ingredients, yeah. uh, you're, you are giving them an experience yeah. for a party or to I show up to friends or a dinner around, party. Yeah, we'll do it together. Yeah, and, yeah, do it yeah. Together. yeah. yeah good, good fun. And then again, uh, so 50 ml of our uh, coffee liqueur. So that goes in. And again, just by shaking it really hard, it's going to get your frothy bit on the top. Yeah, I do also find um, that when... So if I'm making like a fresh espresso in the bar, if it's a bit hotter, the, the coffee, um, when that hits the ice, and this is why I always put the ice in last, um, it foams it up a little bit, bit more, more as well. Okay. Yeah. So, but you have to be careful that the espresso doesn't then bring the temperature up. No, so you want to get the ice in and shake it vigorously. So even if you've got a hot espresso, that should be okay? It, it, yeah, the, yeah. The ice will sort yeah. it out. Okay, cool. Okay. Right, so... So in... Coffee all over me. Good exercise. <laughs> and then as long as the uh, outside of the can so I'm condensated, that should make... Pour it through the strainer. I've just got that one today. I mean, it's so sensory, isn't it? Having a cocktail because all these sounds, the look of it, the smell—it's a really sensory experience. I just think I, I just, it's a great start to dinner. I know we're doing espresso martini here, which we save at the end, but you know, people come round and you know, somebody will bring. I'm driving anyway. Yeah. You know, somebody will bring something out, you know, and then you just think, no, let's all sit around here and yeah. do it together. Together. And, and chat about it. And shake our own or mix our own yeah. and then have a taste of each other's and see yeah, how, yeah. Yeah, how it's it good. varies. So again, it's come out. It's got a little bit of froth on the top. Uh, it, it's sort of milky brown underneath, but we're just, you just have to wait. Yeah, so this might separate. be a little bit paler as well because yep. it's got the toffee in it. So, so let it separate. Right, let's have a little taste okay. of this one. I should have bought my other strainer because it's... These glasses are wonderful as well. They're very wide and they're on a stem. And they're the sort of glasses that you could have trifle in as well. <laughs> so, um, trifle. A tri an espresso <laughs> martini <Sorry>. trifle, I <laughs> think, is the, is the, is the um, evolution of this drink. Isn't evolution, it? yeah. Okay. And it looks wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And smell the toffee. Smells the incredible. Smell the toffee before you start. And as you say, Laura, you've got that bitterness there to balance out that sweetness from the toffee yeah. liqueur. But you can really taste the toffee in that, and that's what mm. I like about this. You can, indeed. Mm. They are dif definitely I'm different martinis. I'm to say which is my favourite, I have to say. They're different. Mm. It's hard to say a favourite, because they are so different, aren't they? I mean, this is very much sweeter, but it's still got that really... It's quite complicated, though. It's not just, it's just, not just a hit of sugar. It's, it's mm. got some nice balance on that, I think. If you're uh, if you've got guests uh, at New Year's Eve, yeah. I I definitely consider Ooh. when everybody arrives, why not why not have a have a look at making some cocktails? Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm really enjoying that. Quite a lot, you, actually. You like that? Love it. I love the toffee. 
It's quite in, nice. in that, it's really nice. Yeah. Thank you so much to Laura and to Carl. Learned how to do a proper Maltese uh, espresso martini. Mm. I think I could just about manage that at home. Um, so you've been listening to the Food Talk Show uh, with syndicated radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Audible, Spotify, Podbean iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Jane Payton. That was she good, wasn't is. it? It was really I've good. Learned, I've learned an awful lot, so thank mm. you both. Thank yes, you. thank you. Um, and to our partners, the lovely people at Produced in Kent. Next week, me and Jane do not have any guests in the studio. It'll be just us talking yeah, non-stop. And the right. reason for that is we're going to do, I know this sounds ridiculous because we're now talking about cocktails, but 3rd of January, dry January. So next week, uh, we're going to do a non-alcoholic beer tasting. We're going to go through 16 beers. Jane is literally the, the UK's leading beer expert. And therefore, we thought it'd be a really good idea to give a proper unbiased view of what we think the non-alcoholic beers are like um, if if you are going to do the dry January thing. Because we're going to do a warts and all expose on non-alcoholic beer. If you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts on topics from snail farming to gin making, go to foodtalk.co.uk. We're going to finish our lovely espresso martinis. I've got two in front of me and I hope you have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.